This is the Go Remote Podcast with your host, TJ Bowser, Chad Chrisman, and Big Johnny D. We have such sights to tell you. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gormore Podcast. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always, your Dark Lord and Savior, Chad Chrisman. What's up, bitches? So today is July 15th, 2019, and we got a good one for you today. But before we get to that, let's talk about each other's weeks. Chad, how was it? It wasn't too bad. I mean, I had uh, work like usual, Mm -hmm. of course. And then Saturday was my youngest daughter's second birthday party. We all had a little, nice little get together there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then that's about it. My I, she actually turns two tomorrow. So oh wow, yeah. But other than that, you know, just kind of relaxing, enjoying the summer, trying to stay out of the sun as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I but, feel that. But enough about me. How about you? Uh, pretty good. Just recording podcasts, trying to get some stuff done, moving, making big moves, getting right some on. stuff done behind the scenes. Can't wait to show you guys everything that we're working on here at the Do Back Discussion Network. Big stuff happening. Huge. Huge. Uh, Huge. (laughs) Huge. (laughs) So enough of the border wall. Let's talk about oh our sponsors. Let's play a message from our sponsors. Creepy girls, do you like spooky things in horror movies? Then Cabin 13 has the stuff for you. Check out their selection of horror-themed props, bins, busts, action figures, collectibles, and more. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to visit Cabin13.com and buy something, or I'll kill you! So listen here, there's a guy by the name of Kyle Shola. He's making hockey masks over there on Facebook. Folks be saying it's the best paint jobs around. He calls his business Curse Custom Weather. We'll just make about any hockey mask you want and we'll weather your clothes up too. Marcio Charlie's Horror Costume Studios. Premium hand-sculpted latex masks, butts, and hoods. Everything is handmade and painted by Marcio himself. Be sure to check out his wide range and selection of products over at Facebook and Instagram at Horror Costume Studios. And we are back with a review of Slumber Party Massacre. Yes. Finally, another slasher film to get balls deep into. So it is from what year? 1982. Directed by Amy Jones, a woman this time. And it is sleazy. Extra sleazy. Written by Rita Brown. Produced by Amy Jones. Starring Michelle Michaels as Trish Devereaux. Devereaux Craven. Robin Still as Valerie Bates. Michael. I would say Vieja. Vieja as Russ Thorne. Deborah Dalso as Kimberly Clark. Andre Oner. Honor? I don't know. As Jackie. Gina Smicka as Diane. Jennifer Myers as Courtney Bates. Joseph Johnson as Neil. David Hilburn as Jeff. Jim Boyce as John Minor. Pamela Roysland. Roy Lance as Coach Jana. Brinky Stevens as Linda, who's actually a friend of Joe Castro. Yes, she is. I, I did know. I saw the other day he posted uh, they went to a movie premiere together. Yes. We should have her on here for this. That would have been cool. Uh, music by Ralph Jones. Cinematography by Stephen Posey. 
edited by Wendy Brickmont, distributed by New World Pictures, released September 10th, 1982, with a runtime of about 76 minutes, a budget of $220,000, and it grossed $3.6 million. Not too bad. The basketball team is planning a party. A slumber party to bare their souls. All the girls are coming. Except Mary. And Linda. And they won't be missed. The party begins at 8 o'clock. It's a slumber party for old time's sake. Love it too. Do you think I'm getting better? (laughs) (laughs) But be on the lookout for an uninvited guest. Please, please. When the pizza arrives, things really start jumping. Some people may have to leave early. But others will hang around and hang around. Dear Courtney, you're underage. Negative. Let's go. You're not going to eat the dead guy's pizza. I feel better already. Really, I do. But for those who stay, there'll be plenty of surprises. (laughs) And non-stop action. for sure no one's getting any sleep the night of the slumber party massacre close your eyes for a second and sleep forever wow all right then what a trailer for a what a hell of a movie at that uh (laughs) it was something else Talk about that plot. All right. An 18-year-old high school girl is left at home by her parents, and she decides to have a slumber party. There is friction between some of the invited guests and the new girl, who's better at basketball than they are. So the new girl decides (laughs) to stay at home, which is conveniently across the street from the host's house. Meanwhile, a murderer of five people with a propensity for power tools has escaped and is at large and eventually makes his way to the party, where the guests begin experiencing an attrition problem with only the new girl to help them. Wow. Yeah. What an excellent film. Slasher gold post Friday the 13th. Great. Oh, it's such a unique weapon. The killer. So scary, I would say. He's more realistic. He's, yeah, he's he's a, he's just a guy. I'd like to know how that drill has so much power and is so mobile. But uh, that's a question for another day, I guess. <laughs> Do you have any information on that, Chad? I, on the drill, I do not. Okay. Uh, there are two sequels. They are the second one I, I've watched, and it's pretty damn good. Uh, the killer in that one's even cooler than this. But, again, another day. Uh, Chad, what do you got to say, man? Well, uh, I'd say it started off with a hell of a, a, hell of a bang uh, in my notes. In this, It took 
exactly two minutes to see a first set of boobs in this movie. Uh, yes. And six <laughs> minutes for the first murder. So it wasted no time whatsoever getting to the good stuff for us. Balls out. Absolutely. And it was very ballsy because it even showed the killer like in broad daylight yeah. from the beginning, which it wasn't uh, you didn't see a lot of in movies back then. What else do you got? Oh, I've got a lot. And by the way, since you mentioned the sequels, I'll bring this up. I was going to bring this up later on. But this was the first horror franchise to have each film directed by a woman. No shit. Yeah. Just an interesting little tidbit. And uh, this was actually written by a feminist. No shit. Yeah. Rita Mae Brown is a noted feminist. She wrote this actually as a parody of the slasher genre. And the uh, production studio decided instead they wanted to make it a more serious movie, which was against her wishes. (laughs) <laughs> it was originally supposed to be called. Um, hold on. Um, it was originally called, supposed to be called Sleepless Nights, and then it had another title. But uh, yeah, it was originally not supposed to be taken seriously. Okay. Uh, the thing that, that weapon. I'd like to know how the fuck they came up with that weapon. I think that was done deliberately. As like I said, she's a feminist, so this was a very. Uh, and I noticed a lot of uh, feminism heavily in the movie. Especially like close to the end when uh now oh, what's her what the 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 new girl which she's chasing after him with the machete and yeah. she chops it in half with it. <laughs> and it was a very phallic representation of a weapon, so she uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the kills in this movie as well. Uh the one that one guy he gets them from behind and gets them in like the shoulder. Oh yeah, in the in the um in the in the gar- in the garage. Yeah, yeah, and it shows it penetrating the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really cool. The the neck slash was was a cool scene. Just how fluid his movement was, and how it just hit her, and she just turned around, and just her neck is just all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was cool. It was it was definitely really cool. Yeah, it was a nicely done scene. Yeah, it, it was a pretty good movie. It was stands out. Uh, yeah. Especially for a movie that was supposed to be a parody, then became an actual movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I mean, come on. Yeah. So a lot of the horror or the, a lot of the comedy in this horror movie, some of it was intentional and some of it wasn't. But considering the budget, yeah, I think they did a great job. Two hundred twenty thousand oh, yeah. dollars. So Chad, what else do you have on your notes, man? Well, I got a nice little bit here. Uh, like I said, it's written as a parody. Uh, the director shot a promo film from the the script's prologue. She shot it for Roger Corman for a thousand dollars. It actually impressed him to the point that he just gave her the directing job. She was just trying to get a directing job, period. And he's like, here, just direct this for me. Make this into a movie. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's a Roger Corman film that who doesn't love a good Roger Corman film? The dude, king of the low budget horrors. Fantastic stuff. Um, uh, Michael Vieja, the uh, the bad guy, Russ, said it deliberately isolated himself from the rest of the cast to get into character. And he read the book Helter Skelter to research the role a bit more. Okay. <laughs> and that's uh, Helter Skelter was about the uh, Manson murders. Yes. Um, this was Brink Stevens' first speaking role. She was Linda, the girl that got killed in the beginning. Yes. She's Scream Queen. She's been in like a thousand movies. And like <laughs> you said, she's a friend of uh, Joe, Cast- Joe Castro's, yes. a friend of ours. Uh, that was actually pretty funny that you mentioned that because I just saw, like I said, that they were at a movie premiere together. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it sh- showed him when they were younger together in a movie, too. Yes. Um, uh, the big finale. That was actually reshot. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, let me see if I can find that in my other notes here. Apparently, from what the director said, that it. She didn't like the ending. OK. Um, 
Let me find it here. No, 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 no. Yeah, she basically said that the ending, they reshot the ending. It was basically the same without the swimming pool, but it didn't work. And she thought it was so boring that she doesn't even remember exactly what happened. <laughs> and they apparently ruined that that swimming pool with all the fake blood and everything that got pumped into it. Oh, God. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they sacrificed a swimming pool for our enjoyment. Hey, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Right. And the director, she was originally an editor before she became a director. This was her first directing gig, like I said. Uh, she had the option to either direct this or edit the movie E.T. And she turned E.T. down to make her first directorial debut, which is pretty cool. I mean, if everybody knows E.T. is one of the biggest movies of all time. Yeah. So she was originally supposed to edit that, turn it down, took this. And apparently um, during their first test screening... From what she said, the audience was just hollering and loving it. And you're talking along with the movie, just enjoying it, having a blast. She turned to Roger Corman. She said, Roger, my God, what have we done? And he said, <laughs> we just had the best preview in New World history. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, Roger Corman, uh, apparently. That was one of his better movies. Like I said, um, it was one of the first. Uh, it was the first film franchise directed solely by women. Yes. Which is, you know, just really, it doesn't really seem like a big deal then, but looking back now. Oh, yeah. Especially, especially, especially the whole Me Too. Yes. Post Me Too era. It's, it's, it's a pretty big thing. Um, Douche of, do uh, you have any more? Uh, one more. Okay. Um, this is actually kind of funny. The uh, Deborah DeLiso, the girl that got stabbed. Yes. Um, when it came time to film her death scene. The blue, the blood tube that was rigged under her jersey to make it look like she was bleeding, um, it malfunctioned. So instead of blood coming out the wound, it just dripped down her leg and looked like she was bleeding from a certain other part of her body. <laughs> <laughs> it's the menstruation. Uh, <laughs> God, that's 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 crazy. Yeah, kind of like um, Violet's original death in Friday the Thirteenth yes. Part Five. Yes, it would have been uh, stabbed in the crotch and looked a little bit different. Speaking of vaginas, uh, douche of the movie, uh, who stunk it up? The only really douche of the movie was the the killer. Yeah, really. Ruining the party, man. Yeah, that was about it. Uh, Because the girls didn't like uh, the girl having the slumber party. She wasn't really the bitch that you'd expect from one of these type of movies. No, not at all. And I was actually surprised that she survived. Oh, really? Yeah, I I thought she would have been like, one of the last ones to get killed, you know, almost make it, but not quite. Yes. And she survived. That was a big. Sp- this scene got to me. I this since Big John's not here, I'm going to make this my question. OK, there was a scene. Uh, it showed, I think, the. Um, basketball coach, she was making a quesadilla or something and dropped a glass of wine because she heard a noise. And so she picked up a piece of glass and was going to see what it was. And that scene just like went nowhere. Do you remember the scene I'm talking about? Was that was that that was that the gym teacher or was that a different person entirely? I I think I. I wasn't hardcore paying attention because I've seen the movie so many times this morning, this morning. but I, I do remember that scene. Uh, there was a lot of scenes in this movie that just kind of like. You think there would be tension there? Kind of like the, the garbage scene when they first knock it over. Yeah. Like she goes, it's really slow, and she's all out there alone, and she make they make it a, a thing for her to be out there alone. She goes out, nothing happens. She puts the brick out. 
Then she goes out again and then replaces it again. It's a, like a lot of this movie like puts pl- places where there would be tension, where there would be maybe a spot for a kill and then just moves on. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 kind of annoyed me. Maybe that was trying to just kind of build up a little tension so that when it really gets you. Yeah. Yeah. Make you jump even more with the drill. Right. Uh, and I think, <laughs> you know, looking back, it could also be argued that uh, the douche of the movie could be the neighbor just because he kind of creeped into the house just to check on the girl. Yeah. That could be kind of it could be kind of douchey, but I think it was more of like an innocent douchey thing. OK, uh, I got a, a couple notes here before you move on to the questions. Courtney is a fucking weirdo and is extremely mean. Uh, the little sister. I don't know that she was extremely mean. She was just, you know, that whole early teenage hormonal. I got a kick out of the scene of her looking through a Playgirl magazine. Yes. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, like I said, it's 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 uh, the whole feminist thing. So, you know, there's always movies where guys are looking through porn. So yes. I figure what the hell have a girl looking through porn. Girls like that sort of thing, too. Uh, Brinky Steven does amazing as London in this film. Uh, the scene with phone, uh, whenever the killer cuts the phone line. Mm-hmm. That's so realistic and scary as fuck. A dude just staring into your window. Right. And, and he's just looking and all you hear is click. And then you're gone. Cut right. off from the outside world. Like, what the fuck? That is that was the most one of the most effective scenes. Yeah, I don't know why they don't have that added into more horror movies where the killer just cuts the phone line. Yeah, and they show it. Yeah, like in, um, was it part four where Jason just rips the phone box off the cabin? Yeah, I think. <laughs> uh, the drill through the back kill I brought up earlier. Valerie is a death bitch. She does not need to have her fucking TV that loud. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty annoying, too. Why? She's sitting there watching a horror movie. And the guy's like banging on the door yes. and she can hear it. Yes. She just kind of looks over. She's like, eh. Uh, that stabbing scene right after that is really fucking intense. Mm-hmm. Like it's maniac level intense. Yes. Uh, it's shot in a really cool way and it actually shows him connecting blows, which doesn't happen very often. Uh, that trunk is fucking huge. He fit four bodies. Into and he it. counted. Yeah, he did. <laughs> like, One, two, three, four. Shit. <laughs> and then it shows the dude crawling. <laughs> I thought I, I love the part where he's sitting there fitting four bodies in the trunk. I was I was going to make note of that, too. That was uh, great. Uh, even after that ridiculous fucking scene with the pizza guy. What's her name that we determined her name was Jackie. Jackie, yeah. Sits down next to the fucking dead body, opens up the pizza and starts eating. (laughs) She gives no fucks whatsoever. But the pizza was probably warmer than his body. (laughs) (laughs) Because they touched was like, oh, he's so cold. Oh, I want pizza. (laughs) So, Chad, what's some of your questions? Okay, let's get into our questions here. Hold on one second. So, favorite kill. I'd have to say the stabbing scene uh, because of how intense it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I think my favorite kill actually was uh, when they killed the the bad guy, Russ, at the end. Because that was pretty brutal. Yeah. Because she first uh, cuts his drill blade, then she guts him, cuts his hand off, then he falls into the pool, jumps back out, jumps, and <laughs> jumps at them, and then, like, she freaking impales him with the machete that's kind of like uh the mutilator movie like they they have the guy cut in half and he still is fucking like hacking and slashing people like <laughs> yeah, that's pretty insane it just keeps going 
Okay, so uh, that brings us to the best scene. Okay, uh, that scene whenever they're all like creeping together with the knives. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that killed me. There's the comedy coming. Through. That was like some kind of Scooby Doo thing right yeah, there. <laughs> I loved it. I think that's just so funny. <laughs> Actually, and don't take this the wrong way, but I think my favorite scene was the shower scene at the beginning. Okay, just because they're. <laughs> Just because they're always talking. Oh, are my tits getting bigger? <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely just ridiculous. Total, but it was total locker room talk. It just. Yes. It was very, uh, very uh, realistic. I know, I know the realistic conversation that people would have. Uh, but a lot of people uh, can't understand the difference between locker room talk and harassment these days. Exactly. Uh, did the opening scene. Oh, what would hook you in? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. For me. Yeah. It uh, starts right off the bat with some boobies and kills. Yeah, it did. <laughs> like I said, two minutes in, we saw our first rack. Yeah. Not bad. And it was the, uh, I don't know, I guess you'd call her a main character. She was in it more than, uh, what was her name, Valerie? Valerie. Like, yeah. But yeah, I, I would say it did. Best tits, hottest girl would go to Jackie for me. Yeah, I thought so too. Like we, like I said before uh, we started recording this, she had the, uh, she had the fullest rack and you <laughs> didn't get to see them. Did the score set the mood? Yeah, it's traditional 80s fair. Oh, that that uh, I actually accidentally skipped over that in my notes. That was the very first thing. The entire score was done on a Casio synthesizer. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say from considering what they worked with, I'd say they did a good job. Yeah, for sure. Uh, best song really didn't have. No, there now, if no this songs. was the sequels, now we could talk about that stuff. But uh, no, no, no best song for us. Favorite character. Ooh, that's a good one. The killer, man. So original. What about you, Chad? Yeah, I guess I can go along with that. And how creepy was it when he's going after the the one girl and he's like, yeah, you want this, don't you? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that was about very kind of rape esque. Yes. Rapey. Yeah. Very it was rapey. a very rapey scene. And I think it was intended to be that way, too. Not glazer rapey, but no, not glazer rapey. <laughs> not uh, not uh, what's his face from the Wraith. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Now. Oh, shit. That guy was horrible. Uh, was it scary? It wasn't scary. Maybe back then it could have been in spots. But it's darker in tone than other slasher films. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was it's it's believably scary. It's not like a supernatural killer. This is just a guy running around who previously murdered five people, just showing up and killing more people. That's more believable than, say, Freddy Krueger. So I guess in a way it's scary, but not. Not by today's standards, Mm -hmm. Uh, which brings us around to does it hold up today? Yes, uh, I feel like it stands uh, as a tried and true. Well. Proud, proud film in the slasher genre post Friday the 13th uh, stands out, especially in a very saturated market for the for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, generated two sequels. The next one's pretty damn good. And I haven't watched the third one, so I can't say much. But that's a Brandon thing. Probably going to release some reviews of those out on the website soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I say I think it does hold up pretty well today. And like I said, especially because there's a lot of uh, feminist imagery. Uh, sorry, I dropped my pen. <laughs> a lot of feminist imagery, and it really it really stands out for sure. Uh, acting good or bad? The acting was great. Uh, there was one scene where there's a girl sitting at the table, 
And like, I just felt like it was very realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm talking about? She like sit, she's she's alone. She's sitting at the table and she's just kind of like reacting to the things going on around her. Uh, I felt I, I felt them that acting skill there. Yeah, I think it was pretty good, especially like the scene where, uh, like I said, the, the next door neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, was yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. in there. And the girls are like, uh, oh, look, I brought Maui. Why? And the other girl's like, no, no, no. And he's like, all right, whatever. Don't smoke too much of that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, the cinematography was very unique for what it was. It's it's not like Night of the Demons crafty type shit. It's very slashery type stuff. Shaky cam. Everything. I mean, it's it's a very Roger Corman film. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So if you've seen any of his films, you know what you're getting. into. It's here. not bad, but it's also not great. Right. Yes. It's. It does a good it, enough it's, job. It's on on the high end of low budget. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, did you like the premise? Yes. Much better than the sequels. Yeah. 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 It was a pretty good premise. I mean, slasher going after girls at a slumber party. Yeah. 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 I think it's well done. Yeah. It's not like uh, you wouldn't like dream up the killer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what's the rating on this bad boy? Uh, I'm going to give it. Three. You see, I was going to give it a three, too. So, uh, yeah, we'll go with three. Three out of five for Slumber Party Massacre 1982. Very, very good film. So, like I said, there will be sequel reviews up on the website soon. Mm -hmm. So we need to do some more interviews soon. You guys want to request any specific ones, be sure to hit us up on Gmail or on our Facebook page. You can either message me directly or message the Dubac Discussion Network page, and we will get back to you. Send it at our email, dubackdiscussion at gmail.com, if you do so. Uh, let's want to talk about any news or anything like that. What, have you gone to see any movies in the theater? I have not. I haven't been to the theater since Endgame. I don't get out much, dude. Okay. <laughs> um, unfortunately, but uh, I plan on sitting down and watching. I'd like to sit down and watch Hellboy soon. Yeah. It, it, it just came out on digital. I not too. I haven't really read too many of the comics. I'm just familiar with them with the Ron Perlman movies like a lot of people. So, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. But it looks pretty good. And it looks uh, it looks like something that uh, Gormore might uh, have to talk about at some point. Okay. How about you? I saw Child's Play. I saw Ma, and I want to go see Crawl, something bad. Yeah, that looks good. Chad's play was extremely good. Ma was good. And Crawl looks incredible. Uh, <laughs> it does. Any, any movie with a giant killer alligator, that's worth my right? time. Right? Lake Placid all the way, baby. I love Lake Placid. The Betty White stole that movie. <laughs> Betty my, White my, my love of Betty White is just <laughs> limitless. Yes. Uh, also, Steel City Con... August 9th through 11th, go and more. Dubac discussion will be there. Uh, we got all of some, well, not all of it, but some of our information for our booth already. We'll be releasing booth number, location, and all that fun jazz. Just to warn you, Saturday morning about 11, meet Chad, John, and probably any other horror-related Dubac staff will not be at the booth. 
probably just be Jared and Spencer. We will be at the Friday the 13th panel. Absolutely. We're not missing that. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> but we we will be available anytime after that. That's just 45 minutes of the entire weekend that we will be gone. Uh, we will have a full booth, full inventory. And remember that everything sold, all proceeds go to Shriners Children's Hospital with the donation met by Microsoft and Friday the 13th. Vengeance. Ugh. Also, it has been brought to our attention that I, myself, and Corey Kaufman will be attending the Friday the 13th Vengeance movie premiere. Lucky uh, fuckers. <laughs> uh, those guys over there, Vengeance, are making this happen for us. We are very, very honored to have this opportunity and can't wait to bring you guys some awesome content from live at Camp Crystal Lake. Motherfucker. <laughs> uh, it's going to be great, 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 great fun time with a lot of cool people. Tom McLaughlin, CJ Graham. Uh, I think Tom's coming. I don't know. Tom Matthews? No, Tom McLaughlin. Oh. Uh, CJ Graham's coming. Jason Brooks. I, I don't think Jeremy's coming. Peter will be there. Of course, Peter will be there. be there. I will be there. Uh, Kaufman will be there. Uh, it'll be fun. All the lackeys will be there. <laughs> it's it's going to be great. So, anything else, Chad? Uh, well... Um, I know a lot of people were into Stranger Things. I haven't really watched it since season two, but uh, or since uh, season one, but season three just premiered on uh, Netflix. So, you know, if you got if you like that, go check it out. Binge watch it. I plan on watching it soon. I was going to watch it over the weekend, but we just got tied up doing other stuff. I finished uh, Slasher season three. Incredible season. Did not anticipate the ending and the way it. The, the fucking brutality of this season was just incredible. The characters you felt really connected to, and it really touched on a lot of modern issues. Uh, asexual women, Muslim, gay, bisexual, pansexual, all that jazz. Uh, had a little bit of everything all tying together into one big overall plot. Suicide, stuff like that. Just any, any controversial taboo topic they touched on. And it was crazy, and it was very realistic. And the twist ending of the, who the killer was just has you all like, <laughs> I mean, every every season's like that, though, with that show. And then recently, uh, Scream Resurrection was released featuring the OG Ghostface mask. Uh, reviews on, are coming back on that, saying it's shit. It's, okay. <laughs> it's yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people are saying that Nothing the, special. The, the ending is horrible. So, yeah. I mean, if, if you like Scream, you might like it. I... We here at Gormore do not like Scream. No. <laughs> we do not. No. Not one of the better films. If you do want to watch a film from that time era that's actually decent, watch H2O. Uh, <laughs> but then again, Chad will say that it suffers from a little bit of Scream. It does. Yes. It really does. But it's better than Halloween 2018. Yes. Anything's better than that shit show. Uh, and yes, Bobby, I know you like that film. Because <laughs> every time he's like, I like that film. <laughs> <laughs> We do not. Uh, it's not special. Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> Dang it, Bobby. Uh, <laughs> no, I just, I watched it and it was just a big letdown. And my girlfriend knew whenever we saw it that it was a big letdown to me. And she could tell that it was a big letdown to me. Uh, Halloween 4 and H2O is where it's at. Halloween 6 producers cut. Me and Chad can both agree that that's where it's at. Like I said, that's the only version I've seen. That's the only version I'm going to see. Exactly. Uh, the mask at Halloween 6 is arguably the best Myers mask. And... I don't know. No, I, I disagree. What, the, what's your the, favorite? The, the classic, the first one, the original Halloween mask. Now, which one? Like the Boogeyman one or the Shatner one? 
That's the boogeyman. The Shatner one. Okay. <laughs> Pointing a picture on wall. Uh, we need to get video. Mick wants to bring video onto the thing. And I think that we could really do that if, if we mounted like a camera up there, have it pointed down at us. Maybe have another one. I don't know. Something different. Very, very different. Set ourselves out there. But the fall of Camp Blood has a raffle going on right now. Uh, I am involved in that project to be announced. Uh, <laughs> anyway, they have a raffle going on. It's $30 per entry. All proceeds go to the burn. The goth. What is it? Gotham burn unit or something like that. Yeah. And uh, that's where Kane stayed. All proceeds benefit that. And the raffle is you pay $30 and you get entered a chance to win a you get to what play Jason and kill somebody as Jason in the fall of camp blood. You get flown out. You get housed, fed, returned. All of it's paid for all expenses paid trip to the set of the fall of camp blood. $30 spots. Uh, I'll have to put some information on the Dubak Facebook, which you can find that on there. Also find Dubak on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Listen to the Gore More podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and DubakDiscussion.net. Chad, talk about the podcast network. Oh, Gore More podcast is part of the Dubak Discussion Network, where you can find our other great podcasts, such as the Dubak Discussion podcast, your home for Star Wars news, reviews, and... Rumors. <laughs> um, we could you can also find the Hall of Heroes podcast, which is your source for uh, all of your comic book news, movies, and information. We also have. Uh, it's also really good to listen to before you go to bed. It puts you right to sleep. It does. <laughs> <laughs> we also have our uh, Jerk the Curtain yes. with Corey Kaufman. That is our old school wrestling promos. Uh, if you're into the old Attitude Era of, e- of WWE. Uh, ECW, all that old good stuff. (laughs) You're going to love it if you love that old classic wrestling stuff. Good stuff. Uh, We have the Rabbit Hole podcast with Mick, which is always a treat to have Mick Strawn on. The guy is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's in a league of his own. He's hilarious. Next level. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, You can also find the Wicked Wednesday podcast with uh, Tisa. uh, That is uh, our sister in arms here she does a fantastic horror podcast definitely check that one out we have what else am i forgetting here uh dream warrior review that's it yeah curtain mick yep that's uh that's mick's other podcast you should check that one out that's a good one that's another horror podcast but i I feel like uh as the same dynamic as uh rabbit hole where and this was brought up at the last episode is for rabbit hole it's kind of like a howard stern robin type thing uh, I kind of let Mick go and then I interject and keep the show on the right trajectory so he doesn't start fucking going off into Mick land <laughs> and we get out of the rabbit hole and end up at the fucking Queen's Palace or some shit. Uh, you know how it is. It's great, 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 great opportunity to record with Mick and to have that type of friendship with him. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff coming, guys. A lot of stuff we're working on behind the scenes. A lot of cool people we are working with behind the scenes more charity stuff to come hopefully what chad and i would like to do is do a live gordon Moore event down here in our town maybe screen some vengeance that'd be cool especially uh, riverside that'd be even better mm-hmm. i mean we can make it happen but there's a lot more cool and fun stuff to see and expect from gordon Moore and the do discussion network but 
As always, that is your host with the most, TJ Bowser, signing off. And this is your Dark Lord and Savior, Chad Crispin, saying, see ya. (laughs) 